Right, and then did you, were you juggling the decision whether to stay in the Netherlands and work in law there? or come in the US, tell me how you arrived at the decision to come to the US. So I went during my bachelor's, I went on exchange in the US, actually at the university that I did my master's at as well. And I just, I really loved exchange. Like I said, I really loved just American college life is so unique and I had so much fun and I met so many like great people there. So when I graduated from my bachelor's, it was kind of like the biggest luck that I've ever had because they told me that I could apply for a scholarship to go back to the same university to get an actual degree. What university? So when I saw that, hmm? What university was it? University of Illinois in okay. Urbana-Champaign. Hi, this is attorney Jamie Miller and we're I'm excited today to do another edition of the Miller Law Chronicles podcast. And this is going to be the, the first session where we're going to highlight different staff and different people that I partner with here at Miller & Miller to help us provide the services that we provide. And today I'm really excited to welcome Renata Kruzberg to our, to our podcast. And I'm just going to ask a few questions. I really want those and our listeners to really get a chance to know Renata and feel comfortable with Renata when they may need to talk to her as you know, we do additional work here at, at Miller Miller. So Renata, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking time to, to join me today. I know that Sometimes being on a podcast can be a little bit comfortable, uncomfortable, but we're just going to spend a few minutes chatting and I'll ask you some questions. And I just want to, you know, get to know you better and, and have our audience get to know you better. But t tell us a little bit of, about your yourself, you know, where you're from, where you were born, kind of take us along your life journey a little bit. Okay. So I'm from the Netherlands. I was born in the Netherlands. I am Dutch. I have, my family still lives in the Netherlands, so I live all alone in the U.S. I have a bachelor's um, that I got in the Netherlands in global law, so I learned a lot about law in different countries, international law, because I really wanted to broaden my horizon when I decided to go and study at a college. And then after that, I really wanted to study in the U.S., I've always really liked Amer America. I really like American people. They're very open, they're very approachable, and I really liked US law. So I came to Illinois and I got a master's degree there. And then after that, I moved to Wisconsin and now I'm a chapter 13 legal assistant at Miller Miller in Milwaukee. That's awesome, I appreciate the summary. And I, I wanna kind of walk you back a little bit and and talk about life in the, the Netherlands. So wh where were you born in the Netherlands? Uh, I was born in Rotterdam, which is like an hour away from Amsterdam, pretty close by. And what is life like in, did you grow up in Rotterdam then until you mm -hmm. left there? What, what's, what's life like in Rotterdam as compared to living in Milwaukee? Oh, it's very, very different. I would say, let's see. 
Actually, there's a few. There's a few things that kind of overlap. Like Rotterdam, Milwaukee is close to the. It's bordering the Michigan Lake, Lake Michigan, and Rotterdam is bordering the the North Sea, which is not a very big sea. So it's kind of similar. So it's near water. There's a very big harbor in Rotterdam. So I've always really liked living close by water. So living in the middle of Illinois was not very much for me, but now working in Milwaukee. Kind of feels the same, yeah. I I really like Rotterdam. It's a little bit smaller than Milwaukee, I would say, especially downtown area. It's a lot smaller, but there's a lot of different people in Rotterdam. It's known for being the most multicultural city in the Netherlands. So we have a lot of people from a lot of different places, and I feel like in Milwaukee it's kind of the same so far. When I meet our clients, when I just walk through the streets. I feel like there's a lot of different people from a lot of different places. So, so tell, did you have any siblings that you grew up with? Yep, yep. I have my youngest sibling is 16, almost 17, and I have one younger sister and she's I want to say this correct, 20. Yeah, she's 20. And and then tell me so you went to the equivalent of high school that we have here. Like what were mm -hmm. some of your interests as you were growing up and going through high school? Were you into sports? Were you into the arts? Did you like to read? T tell me about that. So I was, or still am, very much into music. So how it works, the high school I went to, after three years, you kind of decide your path. Some people go into science, some people go more into economics. And I chose to do a more artsy path. So I uh, play piano. I tried to play guitar, but for three more years, I had music class at high school. I did a lot of performances where we would invite other people that play instruments to come perform and invite parents and everything. I participated in a musical. So during high school, I was very much the very much into music and art so yeah and so do you sing also a little bit <laughs> a little bit i've never really sung in front of like a big audience but i do really like to sing if you were going to sit down on the piano and play a song what, what song would you like to play or what type of music would you like to play so i really like playing pop songs just because I really enjoy playing in a band together with people on drums, people on guitars, people singing, and pop songs are the easiest to do that with. But I also really like playing more classical music. If you're gonna play by yourself, that's like the most fun, just figuring that out. So I think my favorite song to play, it's a Ludovico Ainaudi song, Una Matina. And it's from a very famous movie. It's it's called Intouchable. It's a French movie, but that was like one of the main songs. So when I heard it, I was like, I want to play that. So that's my favorite one to play. Right. And then your English is so good. Was studying English a focus growing up? Or is that something you learned after you moved here? No, definitely growing up, I already spoke pretty good English. I think in general, Dutch people are pretty good at English because it's so influenced by American culture, like on Instagram, TV shows, movies, 
like people watch that a lot so in general if you would go to the Netherlands you would be able to talk to anyone in English but my bachelor's was also in English so that really really helped but I've been able to talk English for a while yeah Right. Yeah, you, you have, you, you speak it and, and write it as if you were a native. So Oh, thank you. for you, do you speak any other languages? I speak a little bit of French. Okay. I had six years of French in high school, so I should be able to speak it better, but I can understand, but actually talk a little bit difficult. Yeah. Given your preference, like, it, it, would you rather listen to, you know, Dutch music or American music, if you had your choice. I, I really like American music. I really like um, 80s rock, Okay. which is just, if you want to listen to proper 80s rock, you have to listen to American music. But I really like, like current American songs as well. But it's funny because since I've moved to America, I've been listening to more Dutch music. I don't know if it's like a homesick thing, but yeah, more and more. I don't know why. That's great. And then growing up, did you have a favorite movie? Dutch or American? I think my favorite movie, it's a movie called Begin Again. Uh, I love that movie. You do? Okay. Yeah, that's that's with Maroon 5, right? Yeah, with Adam Levine, yeah. Adam Levine, that music is so good. That's a beautiful movie. Good choice. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you went to high school and then wait, how old were you when you graduated high school? Are you like 18, 19? Uh, 17, 17. 17. And then did you go right to college? Uh, yep. And then where'd you go to college? I went to college in Tilburg. <laughs> okay. Um, which is a little bit more south of the Netherlands, and I commuted every day uh, to Tilburg, so I still lived in Rotterdam. Okay. Yeah. This this is not a job interview. You already have your job. I just I think it's <laughs> so fun to to ask these questions. I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable. I love I love learning about you. No, of course not. No. And then, so you went to college, and w would you say you studied in college? Global law. Global, Global law. law. Okay. And then, so how many years was college? Usually it's three years, but because of the pandemic, it took me four years. So let's see. Yeah, yeah, I did it in four years. Okay. And then, so you graduated. So how long ago did you finish your degree in, in global law in, in the Netherlands? I think it was 2020. Okay, so not that long yeah. ago. Yeah, 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 no, last year. Right, and then did you, were you juggling the decision whether to stay in the Netherlands and work in law there or come in the U.S.? Tell me how you arrived at the decision to come to the U.S. So I went, during my bachelor's, I went on exchange in the U.S., actually at the university that I did my master's at as well. And I just, I really loved exchange. Like I said, I really loved just American college life is so unique. And I had so much fun and I met so many like great people there. So when I graduated from my bachelor's, it was kind of like the biggest luck that I've ever had. Cause they told me that 
I could apply for a scholarship to go back to the same university to get an actual degree. What so when I saw that, hmm? What university was it? University of Illinois in okay. Urbana-Champaign. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I knew, I knew that, but I was just wanted our listeners <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. So basically, when they told me that, it was a very quick decision for me. I was like, okay, I have to do this. So it wasn't even, I didn't even think about it that much. Right. So then you went back to um, Champagne, And did you get another degree in Champagne? At Champagne? Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's where I uh, that's where I did my master's. Yeah. Okay. Your master's in what? In law. I think I had a master's in law with a concentration in corporate law and criminal law. Yeah. You are you are a very impressive young person. You have <laughs> a lot of um, great education under your belt that has really helped you thrive here at Miller Miller. We're so lucky to. So lucky to, to have you. Well, thank so you. you. You finished up at, at uh, University of Illinois. We won't hold that against you because you understand we're Wisconsin, <laughs> they're Illinois, and there's that. that right. uh, but how'd you end up, you know, finding us here at Miller & Miller? I When I graduated, I really wanted to stay in the Midwest somehow. I, I don't know. I just really liked being here i kind of had my little home in illinois so i didn't want to stray too far and i was looking in both chicago milwaukee and i think milwaukee in general just kind of spoke to me because i never had really been to milwaukee so i was kind of ready for the next adventure and then i saw that i could apply for a job here at miller miller in bankruptcy law which was kind of new to me but definitely just something that I wanted to explore. I just figured I'm pretty young, so there's a lot of room for me to just kind of look around. And then after my first talk with Christina, she was just super nice and we talked about the firm and it just, it really felt like just a regular conversation instead of being very nervous as if it's a job application. So I was like, I feel like I would fit in pretty well working with, with those people. So that's how I came here. It's so nice. And then is there a bankruptcy in the Netherlands? What, what, what's, is there an equivalent there? Oh yeah, definitely. I don't know too much about that cause I didn't really have Dutch law, but definitely. Yeah. But it, it probably looks a lot different than here. Right. And so then you came here and you were hired as a um, bankruptcy legal assistance and you're primarily focused in chapter 13 and tell me a little bit about what your day-to-day -day work is what, what are you focusing on here so i do all the post filing stuff so basically whenever clients are filed they come to me the first thing we do is prepare for the first hearing which is about a month after they get filed usually so i help clients collect any documents that we still need I help clients setting up their payments, explaining the payments to them, how it all works, any other questions they have, honestly, between that period, because it's a very turbulent period. So usually they have a ton of questions. So a lot of my days consists of collecting documents and answering any questions clients have for me. That's and cool. yeah. You know, to, to give some background on that. So when someone files a chapter 13, 
Um, the Chapter 13 is a, a repayment plan where oftentimes if someone's behind on a mortgage payment or behind on a car payment or they don't qualify to do a Chapter 7, they'll do a Chapter 13 repayment plan. And the Chapter 13 repayment plan is something that lasts for three to five years. And it's, you know, bankruptcy in Chapter 13 isn't something that, you know, people are always familiar with. And it's probably more than likely when someone files a Chapter 13, it's the first time that they've gone through it. So there's, uh, it's really important to help our clients understand the process, which is one of the processes. A Chapter 13 is a payment plan, and they're responsible for making a payment. That payment goes to a trustee that's appointed by the court, and then the trustee will pay the, the various creditors. So once a case is filed and we get their injunction that stops the creditors from bothering you, people that come through the firm will get then sent over to Renata, who is responsible for kind of being that go-to person that can answer questions and that can help people get get their payment arrangements set up, that they meet deadlines of getting their payment paid within the first 30 days. And it's it's wonderful that we found, you know, that we can have a resource that like Renata, that a client can call right after filing to, to really help them stay up, stay engaged and understanding of what we're doing. So one of the things that you you, you mentioned was helping people get their payment plan set up. Tell, tell me what you know, what that means. What, what, what do you do to help them do that? So usually I reach out myself and just explain to them how the payments work. So how much they have to pay every time when they need to pay it. I walk them through that. And then after that, I help them set up the actual payments. So Luckily, there's a very easy online portal that we can use. I've done it a few times now. So for me, it's very easy to set up that account with them together from a distance and just make sure that they understand how the payments work and that they don't miss their payments. And yeah, like I said, like help set it up in any way. Right. So payments in a chapter 13 can be done through a payroll deduction through work and, or alternatively, it can be done through TFS, which is a company that has a portal that can take it right out of somebody's bank account or debit card. Can it come off someone's debit card or has to come out of their bank account checking? Debit card also, if you have a MasterCard, yeah. Okay, so it would it would do this all, that also. and. The other important thing is that it's really important that clients start making their payments within 30 days of filing their case. So you're kind of there to help help that happen. Yep, yep. And then 30 days after um, someone files a Chapter 13, they have to do a Zoom call with the court to get their case approved. And what types of thing uh, about that first 341 hearing, we call it that first court date. What type of information are you giving to clients to help them prepare for that court date? So usually I let them know it's just the first hearing where 
basically they're gonna go a little bit more in depth about what is needed to eventually get their plan confirmed so basically to eventually have the court order the plan confirmed and that's just how the plan will work so and that's i think that's also kind of the first really opportunity that the clients kind of interact with the trustee as well so usually clients think it's a pretty big deal the first hearing so i just try to ease their nerves tell them it's okay we're just going to try to get everything all the documents all the payments in order before the hearing and then it'll be pretty smooth hearing if that's the case you're just going to talk about the plan answer some very easy questions and then hopefully it won't be that big of a deal as it is in their head usually yeah it's like anything in life when when someone does something for the first time it can be really scary and especially mm-hmm. when it comes to court and that type of thing but i you sit out right right outside my office and i have an opportunity to listen to you on calls with the client and oftentimes you you take on the the role of social worker a little bit and um, you really have the patience and the pace of your conversations really um, settles people down and makes them relax and helps them to understand that, you know, this isn't, this isn't adversarial. Like when someone has their court date, the court wants to get their case approved. They're not looking for reasons not to approve the case. You know, there's certain things that we'll have to do to get it confirmed. But generally speaking, it's it's a it's a process that is friendly and helpful and really wants people, the, the court really wants to see people have, you know, have success. And you're you've been here for six months now? Has it been that long? I don't know. I think about like three months actually three to four (laughs) oh my gosh so you're doing you're progressing so beautifully and we're so appreciative to to have you is there is there something that you know as you're doing bankruptcies that that strikes you or you know working with the clients or the bankruptcy process that that you'd, you'd like to share that you know you've learned or um something you know about the process that's that's kind of that you think about sometimes i mean i think working in bankruptcy especially chapter 13 is pretty unique in the sense that you hear a lot of different stories a lot of different reasons why people chose to file chapter 13 so like you said sometimes i feel like a social worker but also it's a lot of it's an interesting way to learn and it's an interesting way to interact with clients basically that way some things catch me by surprise as well and sometimes i also think like oh my god like how do i how do i connect with a client this way right and sometimes i feel like that personal connection makes it i don't know more rewarding more rewarding to work in it because if you do something right and if you are able to help a client further because they opened up to you so personally and if they then tell you oh you know i 
thank you so much for helping me out. I really needed this today. I've been going through it or I just really needed someone to help me out in this and you were able to help me. That's just a lot more rewarding if they open up to you before. Right. And that oftentimes, and I, I, I get that too, you know, oftentimes just that little thank you that you get or the gratitude or kind of the, the sense that, you know, they get it, they understand how things are going to go is so rewarding. You know, it, it just means a lot to get that, you know, simple thank you for the take, for taking the time. Because this is stuff, you know, you and I do it every day. You're talking to multiple clients a day. But what you do a great job of is talking to clients as individuals and you don't rush them and you want to understand their personal story and take the time because everyone's different and everyone got to where they are through a, through a different, a different course. And so, you know, good for you. And I, I appreciate you recognizing that mm -hmm. if you had, a, if you had a message that you, with the experience that you've had so far to, to a bankruptcy client who's about ready to go through a chapter 13, what, what would that message be? I would say to remember that we are here to help you and not to be in your way. We really truly want your case to work out as best as we can, just like the, the court wants your case to work out as best as it can. So, you know, feel free to ask questions, feel free to reach out and know that we're that we're on your side, basically. We want we want to help you. I want to make sure that everything goes as smooth as it can. I I love hearing that. Thank thank you so much, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your really busy day to allow our our clients and our community get to know you better. Uh, Milwaukee is a better place having you here, and uh, we'll talk thank to you. you. Thank you so much, Renata. Thank you.